Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I am Kathy. Hi, Kathy. This is your podcast for September 26th, 2021, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. So now, Kathy, how is this day treating you so far? Is it as rainy there as it is here? Um, it's not raining at the moment, but yeah. it has been rainy. And, um, in fact, it was raining when I got out of bed this morning. Oh, no fun. Yeah. So no I fun got to all. take the, I got to take the dogs out in the water. Yeah. That was fun. Very, well, I'm sure the dogs are quite happy then. No. They, <laughs> they didn't enjoy it. I am sorry for them. They're missing out. They're missing out. But yeah, uh, uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a rainy, uh, day, but you know what? I'll take that for, um, tail end of summer, early part of fall, um, it's not too cold and gross yet, so I'll take rain for now. Ah, I'm a I'm a watery winter person, so I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, uh, we definitely have a uh, uh, we continue to have a ton of things going on at the church, so I think I'll just uh, uh, hit some of that stuff up at the top of the the, the broadcast. But we've got we, we the the other week we went back to. Uh, our, our traditional fall format with the adult forum and children's ministries and youth group and everything at our nine o'clock hour that still continues to go on our adult forum is doing a whole a whole series do you want to do you want to give a quick uh, a 20 second plug for that it's a very interesting group of, uh, of um, discussion topics sure um, we have a committee called the racial reconciliation committee which is um something everyone in the diocese is supposed to be doing so we're good we're the good kids um our committee is you know a number of people with really good heads so um they have done a great job of coming up with a sort of a historic series on um saints on the episcopal saints calendar who have done something to add to um, th to the work of racial reconciliation. And we began this past week with William Wilberforce, who was um, a British member of parliament in the 18th century. And um, he, um, he was very instrumental in getting the slave trade stopped mm -hmm. in Britain and in the British colonies at the time. Um, but of course, um, we had already stopped being a British colony, so they couldn't make us stop being slaveholders, which was kind of unfortunate. But yeah, um, it was a it was a very interesting morning, and um, I honestly can't tell you who's next week, but I'm sure it's someone else worth talking about. Yeah, there's there's it, it, this is like what you say. A nine, it's a nine nine week course, I think it is nine. I think so. Nine weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, very informative, but also very inspiring. Yeah. Um, it includes a film and discussions and that sort of thing. So, Well, any followers of the podcast know that the, the history um, uh, of, of things is always very, uh, um, a very uh, a pointed uh, uh, topic that I always try to hit on, on this podcast because the history part is very interesting to me. Um, so history uh, is good. So if you like uh, the history stuff that uh, we, we talk about on the podcast, this is the same kind of thing right up your alley. Uh, if you don't like it, then uh, uh, I still think it's good. <laughs> so, Hey, you know, it's good if you want to have your mind opened up a little bit or your opinions shifted or if you want um, extra ammunition when you need to talk to someone else about why racism is a problem. So right there you go right so yeah uh the uh so the all of that stuff is continuing uh we'll still have um uh in-person uh worship service at 8 and 10 uh on sunday mornings and the 10 o'clock uh broadcast will be on our youtube channel hfec videos um and uh we recently uh had a uh, had even a a a wedding on uh broadcast on our uh, YouTube channel. So if uh, if uh, one of our parishioners got married, it was a beautiful, lovely time, and uh, that is uh, also uh, been shared uh, by the newlyweds for for our uh, online video. So you're more than welcome to enjoy that. Some beautiful music from that uh, 
That was, uh, yes, there was, Ben. Thank you. There was beautiful music. And um, you get at least half the credit. Oh, I wasn't referring to me. I was referring to uh, the, the, the beautiful piano and organ and uh, other two singers. Uh, well, okay, so you get one fourth of the credit. It was lovely all the way around. It was. It was. It was fantastic. So, well, uh, let's go. Ahead. And a giggling bride. And a giggling bride. Absolutely. Giggling bride. Actually, a bride and giggling bride and groom. Uh, yeah, um, they were. They were both. Uh, they were both in in uh, tremendous spirits. What a what a wonderful uh, time to share with them. So, well, let's move on, uh, if we can, to our uh, person of the day. Uh, and uh, I don't know. That might that might be correct. That might be correct. But uh, just in case, just in case, I'll do the I'll do the ask. Uh, okay, Kathy. Yes. What can you tell me about Charles Philip Price? He has a nice name. He does, right? And, um, no. No, that's quite okay. So, I, I, I can't even remember my children's names half the time. So. <laughs> uh, Charles Philip Price, uh, born 1920 uh, and, and uh, passed away, uh, for me, this is recently, but 1999. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was a priest, theologian, and seminary professor, born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, received a BA from Harvard, um, his Ministry of Divinity from Virginia Theological Seminary in 1949. Um, his THD from Uni- Union Theological Seminary in 1962. Uh, ordained uh, deacon and the priest in 1949 and began uh, his ministry uh, out in Pennsylvania where he served as rector. He has the longest, legitimately, like the longest laundry list of things that he did from like 1950 all the way up to like 1983 but mm-hmm. um the long and short of it is actually 89 uh long and short of it is uh served uh, as a uh, university head uh, professor chairman uh um involved in theology um and uh, uh wrote prolifically i mean just that uh he uh, wrote some uh, an introduction to the Book of Common Prayer, the 1976 Book of Common Prayer, uh, mm-hmm. a book called Principles of Faith and Practice, another book called A Matter of Faith, Liturgy for the Living. Uh, uh, he wrote down some hymns, uh, including The Golden Sun Lights Up the Sky, which uh, hymns uh, 12 and 13 in our hymnal, and 23, mm-hmm. the, the Fleeting Day is Nearly Gone. He wrote that as well. Um, so just uh, uh, the the words the words to it um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the music is attributed to another individual but um, just uh, seriously it, it like if you ever get the chance to go on the uh, glossary of the Episcopal Church and look up his name there's like you know served at convention did this commission did that thing he was a house chaplain he was this he, like just so many positions so many levels of service that it makes one's head spin so uh i picked him oh, simply right. because of the laundry list of uh, uh of involvement that he has shown um uh, that he showed throughout his life so charles philip price yeah. this is your uh, this is your day of recognition some some people just never run out of energy do they uh some people uh some people don't some people very much do uh, <laughs> um, so uh, good on him. I thought I would draw attention to him for today. So, Excellent. Uh, uh, and uh, Kathy, why don't we move on to our first reading? Our first uh, reading here in Numbers. Um, the Book of Numbers. The Book of Numbers, and uh, it's worth pointing up at the top uh, that uh, we we jump and skip. Uh, uh, twice uh, in this uh, book, uh, chapter 11. Uh, we're reading uh, Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6, 10 through 16, 24 through 29. So, uh, But we really do catch the point of the story. We do, we do. I might uh, throw in a question there about what we're skipping and if there's, uh, if you're, oh, what your opinion is, why <laughs> we're skipping it. Um, 
But, uh, okay. but yeah, so here we go. Here's, uh, here's how it reads. The rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servants so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all those people on me? Did I conceive all those people? Did I give birth to them, that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a nurse carries a suckling child, to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they had come weeping to me, and say, Give us meat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me seventy of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting, and have them take their place there with you. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered seventy elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it in the seventy elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, they, but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. And then the spirit rested on them and they were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? What Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them? So, um... We get this reading here. The Israelites are grumbling, uh, which is uh, not uncommon. Um, uh, they go into uh, a uh, fair diatribe. I'm willing to guess that uh, verses 7, 8, and 9 are further grumblings, which is why it got pared down. Am I right on that? Uh, no, actually. Oh. Verses um, 7, 8, and 9 actually give a description of what this manna stuff was oh um which i think we've heard before not too long ago um mm -hmm. that it's says it's like coriander and it comes up like dew and then it dries and then it becomes something that the people can eat so you know in spite of their complaints they weren't starving to death um so that's all you've missed there hmm. just that that fun little description uh, I, it sounds delicious. I love coriander. Yeah, 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 yeah. A wonderful flavor. Um, so then Moses, um, what do we say about Moses here? I mean, is it just me or is he a bit of a drama queen? Uh, I mean, he's, com <laughs> he's complaining about his people, but I mean, he's no. a little over the top, isn't he not? No. <laughs> no, no, you don't have enough children in your life. <laughs> maybe, and maybe, the, maybe the, I, I mean, I can, I, I can, sip, I can, I can empathize with uh, uh, where Moses might be. I can, I can imagine maybe uh, an inkling of what it would have been like to have all these complaining people. Yeah, but to yeah. wish for death is just a—it's a little much. Oh, okay, maybe a bit of a drama queen, but you know, <laughs> I used to be a teacher. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I have a lot of kids, uh -huh. and believe me, there have been times when I have just kind of <laughs> thrown myself over backwards and said, just kill me now. Because, right. <laughs> um, it, you know, the more people you're trying to please, the harder it is to please any of them. Yeah. And you also have to remember, you know, these people had no idea where this journey was leading. The mm -hmm. promised land, whatever that means. Um, they, as slaves, they really did have it pretty good. You know, they they were never hungry. 
They may have worked very hard out in the hot sun, but they always had water to drink and food to eat. So, um, and now here they are wandering in circles around. <laughs> you know, I don't remember exactly how long the journey was, but it didn't need to take 40 years. Um, so they right. went in lots of loops and craziness. Um, and, you know, people are what people are. They And they want what they want. And they were used to having, you know, good fish, apparently, in Egypt. I've never had Egyptian fish, but I'll just take their word for it that it was good. Um, and, you know, they're, they're yeah. just getting grumpy. And, you know, God had already given them this manna stuff. God had already given them water out of a rock, so they weren't dying of thirst anymore. Um, and... <sighs> Yeah, I don't blame Moses. If I were, you know, having my little <laughs> private meeting with God, I think I'd be saying, "What on earth do you expect of me?" You know, this is mm -hmm. this is a nut group, and they're just making me nuts. They're right. not my children. Why am I having to father them all the way through this journey? And, yeah. um, you know, I think I'd be—I don't know if I'm going past the place where we skipped yet or not. Um, uh, almost uh, when, when, okay. uh, Lord, uh, the God starts to give him directions and then we skip. So 17 yeah. through 23 is, is what we skip again. Let me tell you what's there just okay. quickly. Um, basically God says, I'm going to come down and speak to them. And then he tells what he's going to do with, you know, shifting the spirit off of Moses and putting it onto these people. And mm -hmm. then, the, then you'll have helpers. So it's basically God saying what. Um, what he's going, what God is going to do, and okay. then in the next bit. It, it, so this happens. is one of those those cases it, we see it sometimes here in the Old Testament yeah. where God says, "I'm going to do this," and then the next couple of verses are God does that, and it it's important enough to tell us twice. Yeah, apparently. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to um, show, I, I guess it, it, that kind of shows uh, uh, that you know God does what He says. You know, that it's... Well, it does. And there are a couple of things in this little missing bit that are kind of fascinating. And that is that, you know, God, or Moses points out, you know, I've got 600,000 men down there at the bottom of the mountain. Mm -hmm. And um, you're telling me that we're just going to do a fun little thing and then they'll all have what they want. Well... Six hundred thousand men. That's a lot of people to feed, but God promises that um, that she will um, feed these people. So Moses is not unlikely a bit skeptical. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in in spite of everything that's already gone exactly the way God said it would go, um, Moses is still skeptical, and I th I think you know that's what we do, isn't it? As our problems get bigger, we feel like the solution has to be further and further away. And pretty soon, when one problem turns into the next problem, it's just, this is never going to stop. Yeah. And and when you look at the number 600,000, um, what makes me kind of laugh is that, um, you know, Moses is saying, I've got 600,000 people down there. And God is saying, yeah, well, go choose 70 of them. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. How do you? How does Moses? As if he didn't already have enough problems, now he has to go decide which seventy people he wants to share God's spirit with. I mean, if it were me, I would just think about the biggest belly acres and be like, "Look, if God's gonna take over and and transform their mindset on this, I want that guy, that guy, that guy." I want, them, I want so. them all to be quiet. So, uh, hey, guess what? You've been chosen. Or <laughs> you've caused yourself to be chosen. Uh -huh. Yeah, but do you really think there are only 70 of them? <laughs> I don't know. No. Um, do, and, do you, you think, uh, do, do you <clears throat> think uh, that the, the record here might be incorrect? And, you know, Moses stuck in more like 85 because he was like, I'm, I'm just not choosing between. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for all his complaining, Moses was pretty obedient. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I suspect that he probably picked 70. And anyway, you have to remember that 
Old Testament numbers are such that anything that has a seven in it or mm -hmm. a three, you know, there are certain numbers that are highly symbolic. And gotcha. Seven, 70, 700. I'm surprised he didn't have 700,000 instead of 600,000 men. But anyway, mm. it was a big group. And he had to yeah. choose just a few. And that's that's tricky. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, what about um, what about uh, Eldad and Medad? Uh, it's, they sound like brothers. Uh, or yeah. father and son, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. uh, very similar names. Yeah. Is there, is there very, any very... historic in, uh, significance to who these uh, two um, men are prophesying in the camp? Yeah. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, okay. I'm sure there is something, and I could probably look that up and tell you next week, but it wouldn't do any good for today. That's um, all right. That's but okay. anyway, yeah, they do have rhyming names, so that's kind of cute. Um, yeah, they sound kind of like a traveling roadshow. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and come see the great Eldad and Medad. They are um, they're sort of the, the little... Um, I'm not sure exactly what you would say. They were disobedient because they were chosen to go. Most They were, you know, two of the 70 mm -hmm. who were supposed to be following Moses, and they didn't. And so while Moses and these other 68 are hanging out over by the tent, working out with God what's going to happen, and God is tossing the Holy Spirit on all these men, um, and they're all getting into the prophetics of the thing. And, and prophecy, by the way, doesn't mean guessing the future. It means speaking on behalf of God, which right. is what Moses had been doing mm -hmm. for pretty much his entire career as a tour guide. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Um, um, yeah. So um, there are these two guys with the rhyming names and, Moses had no way of knowing this, except that it got reported to him, nor did Moses have any way of controlling it. But pretty sure the point is God knew exactly what was going on down at the down at the camp with the two guys who chose not to follow. Mm -hmm. um, and so while these 68 other people are getting a little dose of Holy Spirit dumped on them, mm -hmm. um, Apparently, so are the rhyming guys. <laughs> My brain is just going kind of woo woo <laughs> because I am horrible with names, but Eldad and Maydad, yes. Um, so they're doing their thing, and somebody else, you know, who is a rule follower, very much like Moses, I suppose, um, goes running out to wherever Moses is and says, Moses, 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 guess what? There are these two people who didn't come with you and they're prophesying anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you get this sense that what they really want to do is, you know, kind of step on them like bugs or something you know my lord moses stop them <laughs> it's um yeah. joshua actually who does this and um moses responds i love this line are you jealous for my sake um i wish everybody could be a prophet because guess what that would make moses life a whole lot easier if everybody out there had the ability and the desire to speak for God, yeah. to listen well enough to speak for God. So, yeah, I mean, if yeah. you have a big job to do and you have a really unruly herd of cats to get in line, mm -hmm. all the help you can get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one can kind of imagine that Moses uh, uh, would thoroughly chastise the the person uh, bringing this to his attention, and he'd be like, "Shut up! I want this. <laughs> this is what yeah. I asked for. <laughs> you yeah, have no I mean, idea." I, I told God I needed help. Please don't get rid of them. Right. Exactly. And, and you know the, the the irony, and and it's a lovely, delicious irony. I think is that those 68 people who followed Moses out to the tent, mm -hmm. um, they prophesied once and apparently never again. That's mm -hmm. what it sounds like. And um, 
the other two kept it up, hmm. which is why they're named and the other 68 are not. I mean, who would want a list of all 70 anyway? But um, the two who prophesied in the camp are the ones who kept the gift of prophecy. You know, it is interesting because it is, it's kind of leading into a semi-recurring theme in that like God does not, in many instances, does not pick the willing. Uh, or the it, obvious. Yeah, or the obvious. Many times it's the, it, it's like the, the, he picks uh, uh, people you don't expect. You know, uh, um, you, you he picks Saul, who is not as though Saul was walking around going, I really want to get more into, you know, this whole God and Jesus Christ thing. If someone could, you know, point me in the right direction, that'd be great. You know, yeah, no, you got to knock him off his donkey. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, in, in a way, Daddy never shut up. But... <laughs> then he just would not stop writing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's it kind of follows along those same lines that it's the it's the it's unlikely terrible. individuals. You would think that the the people who mm-hmm. followed along and followed the instructions would would be the ones who would be uh, blessed beyond the individual event, and uh, it seems so. Yeah, well, yeah. I I think um, God has other standards by which she chooses. Yeah. Who's going to be, you know, the the hero or the hard worker or the most generous cow, whatever it is. Um, that's that's for God to choose, and and what we have to learn, I think, is that it doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't matter for us who does what as long as it all gets done. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything so, else about this reading from Numbers? Um, yeah, no. I, okay. I think I think that's it. Yeah, that yeah. it just becomes a great metaphor for how god's work gets done yeah and i think uh easily uh a reader can uh find themselves in one of the two camps uh either either you're currently grumbling or you're exasperated about other people grumbling um uh which is uh which is interesting because i i I don't know about you but i kind of uh, waffle between the two (laughs) well and and i think sometimes i know this is true for myself sometimes if i I'm told I need to be among these 70, I will go. And sometimes if I'm told to be among the 70, I might be one who stays behind tucked in a corner. So yeah, um, there are are many ways to do what you need to do. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's many ways to find yourself in the middle of the story. So um, yeah. um, Yeah. Very good. Well, let's uh, move on to James then. uh, If we can. Yes. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 13 through 20. And we don't skip here, so you no. won't get that question. We don't skip in our gospel reading either. So, so uh, it's, no, we it's don't. An easy, we often do, though. It's an easy question on my part, uh, and uh, I don't get the benefit of it for the second reading. Uh, James reads this way. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Um. This uh, that that the end of that kind of sounds uh, uh um, like um, uh, like this this benefit to works uh is this a continuation of the faith versus works 
argument by James? Um, maybe, but I don't think so much. Um, okay. And in, in fact, there are some who would say that James does not have a conflict between faith and works, but that, you know, work is faith and faith is work. And, you know, I, I at least would say, if you don't have both, you know, it right. doesn't do any good to lay in bed having lots of faith. You don't change the world that way, nor do you change your own life. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I, I think, you know, what we just read from Numbers and what we're going to read from the gospel in a few minutes um, really does make the point that we don't know where the faith is. And we can only see the outworking of it. And so in the first place, we don't get to judge that, do we? Mm. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, it was the two people stayed in camp who actually were the right two people to prophesy. And, um, you know, James really doesn't mention the split between work and faith in this, in this passage. And I find that kind of pleasing because it's not something that's easy to clarify um, mm -hmm. and and um, it shouldn't be a conflict so yeah. there are parts of James that make me crazy this part doesn't so yay <laughs> right yeah the um oh go ahead oh no I was just going to say I really um I, re I really like that the basic outline of this which is if things aren't going well stop and pray and whatever that might mean to any individual you know whether stop and pray means sit down and just breathe a while and give god a space to tinker with your mind and your heart mm -hmm. or if it means kneeling and you know bleeding words out of your heart trying to talk and talk and talk to god um which is nice because then you hear yourself. Um, there are many ways to pray. Mm -hmm. And the one thing all ways of prayer have in common is that they make us slow down and um, refocus ourselves, find a different way through whatever it is that's, that's really bothering us. Mm. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's always a good thing. It is. It is. I, uh, I I will point out that the the way that this um, reading starts off sounds the the more I, the more I've reread it, the more it sounds like an infomercial. <laughs> Are any among you suffering? You should pray. Are any cheerful? You should try singing prayer. Are any of you sick? Do, what, do any among you smell bad? You. you should try this brand of deodorant. Right. Now. Exactly. Okay. I feel like. Uh, uh, James is James is hawking prayer here at this point. Like, uh... well, you could say that. Yeah. Um, and you know, just like the um, whatever else might be advertised somewhere. The truth is, <laughs> we all have times when we suffer. Yeah. And um, fortunately for most of us, there are times when we're cheerful. Um, we all get sick. Mm -hmm. We we all have conflicts and um it's always a good time to just slow down take a deep breath and see what god has to say mm -hmm. um you know i'm i'm a i am a part of the found, founding group of people for a um basically a chronic pain group mm -hmm. um but it's um somewhat modeled on on um the aa traditions okay. and so we spend we spend a lot of time um reflecting on our lives and talking to each other about what's going on and listening to each other about what's going on and um within that hearing hearing what wisdom we might need and um 
you know, part, part of the AA tradition. And so part of our tradition also is, is to not name God, but to let each individual name whatever greater, greater thing in the world works for them. And, and a lot of people do just choose the name God, but some people, you know, you know, the divine grandmother or whatever else it is. But, um, the biggest point, um, and these are all people who have horrible pain in some ways, chronic migraines or, you know, psychological pain or emotional pain, several children, I mean, several people who have lost children in their lives, um, those sorts of things. And the best thing in any of those cases is to stop and take that deep breath and just try to listen. And um, I think this is where James has his greatest wisdom, you know, is in, in just saying, stop, mm -hmm. stop and breathe and stop and listen. And I don't think you can say that enough times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he definitely, he goes, he goes to the prophet Elijah here. And I feel like he mm -hmm. uses Elijah style references uh, in, in his book more than just this, this uh, one instance. Yeah. Well, Elijah was a good example of someone yeah. who prayed and made things happen. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I, I, although Elijah. I'm trying to remember this, this story, Elijah, Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. Was this to, uh, to, to combat one of the, uh, Kings of the uh, kingdom at the time or to show someone that the that God was actually in control and not them. I feel like there's like a fuzzy, a hazy memory I have. Yeah, it's a, it's a, exactly. It, every time Elijah prays, it's a way of saying, here's how powerful God is. Look, listen, and learn. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Elijah brought a child back from the brink of death. Mm. Um, and then, that story is echoed in, um, I think it's the book of Acts with Peter. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we all need an Elijah in our lives. Maybe we don't need someone to stop the rain for three and a half years, but um, we do need someone who has a powerful enough story to say, stop, breathe, listen. Mm -hmm. um, and here's why. Here's my story. Yeah. Now, now, you share your story next time. Um, hmm. And yeah, cool. Elijah was was a really crucial prophet in the history of the Jewish people. Oh and yeah. Even even still, when um, when Jewish people are celebrating um, the Passover, mm -hmm. there's always a chair there, Elijah's chair. Yeah. And the chair stays empty until Elijah shows up. He was that important in the history of the people. So, um, yeah. It's, it, if if no one's had the the pleasure of uh, enjoying that, uh, it's it's a really cool that that whole meal tradition is is a is right. a really cool tradition. Really. Well, and 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 really, I mean, when you think of the Passover, it really is an extended and enacted prayer. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so to have right. to. To have Moses, I mean, not Moses, to have Elijah there mm -hmm. in the midst of things is hugely symbolic and hugely important. So, um, yeah, yeah Elijah's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool dude. Pretty chill. Pretty, pretty chill cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and sometimes he wasn't so chill. <laughs> he wasn't always chill, but he was, he was usually right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, he was always right. I don't know. Uh, he, he, um, he, he, he was, uh, one could say he was fairly connected at the hip, uh, to, uh, God in his day. So, yes. uh, I'm, I'm going to twist this around a second, Ben, and ask you a question. Sure. How does prayer work? Oh my goodness. Uh, that is a, a question that I'm not entirely sure, um, uh, I could formulate an answer to. I know that how... I perceive prayer to work, uh, but I also recognize that when I hear other people talk about prayer, um, that there are times where I'm nodding along 
And I'm like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that feels familiar. And then there are other times where I'm like cocking my head at one side and going, wait, you do what? That doesn't, <laughs> that's not what I do. And not in a way of, you know, of judgment, just of like, oh, that works for you? That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't, I don't know if that works for me. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That one, yeah. that and... doesn't. Um, so there, because there's, uh, I know uh, Deacon uh, Kathy, uh, Kathy Scott, um, uh-huh. uh has like you know a, a number of different uh, prayer styles that she has introduced uh, to to me over the years uh-huh. and some of them i have I, I i readily admit some of them i thoroughly enjoy some of them i was like nope that one's not for me um right but uh but there's there's a i'm not entirely sh- convinced i can say uh what prayer necessarily is but i can say for myself I would define it as uh, the the open. For me, it's the open dialogue between myself and my uh, creator, and sometimes that involves just a direct one on one, and sometimes that's more of a uh, involvement of like my full surroundings. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I would put I would put the the emphasis on the word dialogue that it's a back and forth. Sometimes I listen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I speak. Sometimes there's a call and response. Um, not every time mm-hmm. is it the same, and not every time. To be completely honest, not every time do I f- feel fulfilled by it. Which is a which is a, I don't know how many people would be if I'm alone in admitting that. But sometimes it's maybe I'm expecting something different and just not, and not experiencing what I want. But it's not always something where I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. See, that's why I do this. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that, that I get. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually a really good answer. Really good answer. Thank you. Um, I practice it. No, I, I really and, caught me off guard. <laughs> sorry. And yeah, you know, I, I think the point is that there are endless numbers of forms in which people can pray mm-hmm. and, and they do all tend to include a, stop, breathe, listen, mm. talk when you know it's time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for answering my quasi question. No. Quasi, quasi question. I like it. I like it. Question. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's, uh, uh, in, in a way, in a way, this, uh, this, this podcast is a form of prayer. So let's continue on. Well, it is. I think you're right. Yeah. Yes. Let's continue on to the the, the third section of our prayer, uh, which is uh, the gospel reading. And uh, this week's gospel reading comes from Mark chapter 9, verse 38 through 50. Uh, John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for one who does a deed of power in my name will be able to soon afterward will will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me whoever is not against us is for us for truly i tell you whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of christ will by no means lose the reward if any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell with to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell. Where their worm never dies, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched, for everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. This reading has a lot here. Um, it has a ton. It, yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's fun how it sort of um, picks up right in the middle of the story of Moses. And um, yeah. I have to say, you, you read that first little verse wrong because it should oh. be, ah, teacher, teacher, we saw somebody doing this and wow, what are we supposed to do? Um, 
You were way too calm. <laughs> of course, everybody knows what you said, and nobody knows what I just said. But, um, but you know, they're running up and 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 they're tripping all over the sand, and mm-hmm. um, and they're having a panic attack of sorts. Yeah. And um, you know, just this past week, um, yesterday actually for us, probably not yesterday for anybody who's listening, but um, in in the the last part of Mark that we read on this past Sunday, um, the disciples, we find out, were arguing among themselves who was the greatest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus' answer was, you're not using the right standard, forget it, doesn't matter who's the greatest, and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, um, you know, you can probably understand these these. 12 or however many of them were arguing maybe it was all 12 of them they're doing something in their lives that they never expected to do you know they were fishermen and tax collectors and other weird things um and suddenly here they are being you know on the heels of a sort of questionably legitimate religious leader and they're doing work that they really do understand to be important. I mean, they didn't just drop their fishing nets without having some certainty within themselves that they were doing the right thing. And, yeah. um, you know, when you're chosen by God, you kind of get this sense of, okay, well, God is in this somewhere, even if I can't figure this out. And, and they all want to be the best. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a pretty awesome guy, and they all want to be the number one, don't they? Yeah. Um, and yeah. you can't blame them. That's that's what we do, and um, so they just got through that argument and being told it doesn't matter. Just give it up. You're all equally important, and you're all equally unimportant, and there's that. Um, and then they're walking along the road, and suddenly, you know, here's competitor number 13 mm-hmm. and that's not that's not fun because now you know the competition to be number one just got bigger right and that guy wasn't even chosen yeah jesus never walked by him and said come follow me and there he was you know maybe he had been following maybe he hadn't but he knew something about jesus and he knew something about the work that jesus was there to do yeah and um yeah that's um yeah it's it's exactly like the moses reading and in the same same you kind of mm-hmm. can read into it the same reaction dude shut up this is what i want <laughs> why why are you why are you complaining about this <laughs> they're prophesying uh they're they're healing they're doing they're doing what i want people to do don't don't stop them right if they're doing it in my name they won't i i love this you know if they're doing this they won't be able to speak evil of me afterwards yeah it's like god gets so deep inside of them because of the acts they're performing they're going to be on god's side for the rest of forever yeah at least hopefully i think we'll talk about that when we get down to the salt because it's kind of interesting but yeah yeah um, yeah yeah. but um yeah i mean this is what jesus wanted um you might remember clear back in the book of genesis when god is choosing abraham Mm -hmm. to be an initial leader of the movement um he talks about can you count the stars in the sky can you count the grains of sand right. on the sea? Mm-hmm. We might say, can you count the amount of salt that's in the ocean? Um, yeah. Point being that this project of being followers of God is supposed to be for everybody. And, you know, that's what will make God happy. Everybody mm-hmm. streaming up the mountain for the same reason, or everybody standing in the streets for the same reason, whatever it is. Um, it's an open-ended invitation. And, you know, if it was only going to be 12 people, we'd all be done by now. Yeah. And um, that's a, Sorry, so, heaven's doors are closed. Yeah, sorry, I chose my 12, go home. Um, and... If, 
what Jesus knows, I think, is that when it when when his own life, Jesus' own life, comes to an end, and these disciples are sitting around trying to figure out what that was all about, why it started, why it stopped, um, they're going to realize at some point that them saying no to others joining in on the project was a really dumb thing to do. And, you know, it's made their, it's made their circle of excitement smaller instead of bigger. And, um, you know, a lot of times we, we read this list of, you know, cut off your hand, cut off your foot, throw out your eye, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we get really, we can really get going on stuff like that. Because why would God want us to do that? Yeah, and, it's very uncomfortable, is it not? I'm not? It is very uncomfortable. But it also tells us how important Jesus thought this business was, you know, of don't stop them. They're doing good things. Um, and I, I don't think Jesus wanted these men or that God wants any of us to start maiming ourselves or killing ourselves or anything else. You know, God, God has created us. God loves us. Um, God wants us to be intact and, and to the greatest extent possible to be happy and to be spreading good news. It's called good news for a reason. Um, yeah. And chopping ourselves to pieces does not make the news look good. Um, so. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, I actually yeah. have a real quick question about, because I mean, we do our, we do our rule of three here in the uh, cutting off your hand, your foot and, your, and tearing out your eye. Um, right. But one of the things that we've talked about before in on the podcast, and you may not have access to this, so if not, that's quite okay. But um, we've talked about before how the concept of hell kind of came later. Uh, yes. And so do you have any idea what the translation is actually referring to uh, here in these verses? Be thrown in, is it just like so, a word like the fire or um, the unquenchable fire um... or... One explanation I've read, mm -hmm. and it, I mean, it's credible. I don't know that it's the absolute answer. Um, and I could look this up because downstairs I have my little Greek Bible, but I'm not going to go get it right now. Mm -hmm. um, but um, apparently it refers to a, and this would have been familiar to the early readers and to the, to the people listening to Jesus, um, refers to a big fiery pit on the edge of town where oh. people took their contaminated garbage okay okay yeah. so in other words it, if you tear out your eye or cut off your hand and you throw it into that fire you're not getting it back it's not <laughs> oh you're not getting it back no and, it's it's not like it's not like a safety deposit box and it's jesus is jesus is essentially saying like look i've done a lot of healing miracles but if you but if that were to happen not much I'm going to do about it. <laughs> well, true, but yeah, and you know that's where that's why it's a even emotionally, even if you know you're not going to be forced to do that, it's a huge threat emotionally, and it. I mean, these disciples must have just. I mean, they were running and they were going crazy and they were thrashing their hands around and tearing their hair and whatever else it was. You know, these people are invading our space. And I'm sure they stopped dead and they got silent. And they stood there and they thought about what was going on. You know, and, mm -hmm. and they had to hear loud and clear, this project is not limited. This Thing is not just for 12 people you know this is what needs to happen in the world the world needs to be healed you can't do it by yourself and it can't all be done this year you know healing the world in God's name is a big project and it doesn't necessarily mean getting rid of the flu or getting rid of COVID or um, putting everybody's bodies back together it means 
you know, healing our hearts and pulling ourselves together as one people. And um, that is a huge thing. It's yeah. a huge thing. And, um, you know, it's been 2,000 years now and we still haven't figured out how to do it quite right. And that's devastating. And I, this text always comes across as being rather gruesome and mm -hmm. awful, but it certainly does make us stop and go, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This isn't what God wants for us, but what we're doing is metaphorically the same thing. By running each other down, by chasing each other out, by having disagreements that cause pain, we are essentially maiming ourselves as God's people. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, not a good place to go. No, not a good place to go. Let me uh, ask you one other quick question before we end here. It says here in verse 48, where their worm never dies. What is any idea what they're talking about here? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea, but I think even a worm would die in a fire. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Were there fireproof um, but, worms back then? I didn't. I was not aware of this. I, I suspect, though, that, you know, I don't suspect anything. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea why I said that. But I want to talk about the salt really quickly. Yes, please. Let's do it. Because um, <clears throat> I preached on this text once, and all I talked about was salt. Um, it's, hey. it's fascinating because, and, and I don't know if Jesus knew this, but the fact is that salt can't become unsalty. Um, sodium chloride is a really, really stable compound chemically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can get it wet and then dehydrate it again and whatever else you want to do. And it's still going to be salt because it's, it has such a strong bond. Um. I'm not a chemist, but I do know that much. And the, the only way salt can lose its flavor is if, and this does happen, when you, when you buy table salt, you know, it's still mm -hmm. essentially sodium chloride. That's what you taste. But they put lots of fillers into it in, with some brands. You know how it goes with food products. Mm -hmm. um, like they put in iodine, and um, sometimes they put in little powdery agents so it doesn't cake up and make clumps in your salt shaker and all that other stuff but um you know so those kinds of things can contaminate the flavor of salt especially if they get old but mm -hmm. when you think about it you know salt comes from mines in the earth in certain places and it comes from the ocean and it's been there for billions of years and hasn't stopped being salty yet Right. So why would we expect it to stop being salty when it's sitting on the table? Um, it won't. But I, I think it becomes a really awesome metaphor when Jesus says, have salt in yourself, because um, God, I think, is that salt. And yeah. God cannot stop being God. That's the only thing God knows how to do is to be God, whatever that means. And, um, you know, Billions of years can go past and God is still going to be God mm -hmm. and um, still do what God needs to do. And it'd be pretty awful if God could just fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's that, not going to happen. Yeah. So. This, uh, this, uh, th this also kind of refers back to the beginning part of the reading where uh, Jesus was saying like, Hey, once he's, once that guy who's speaking in my name is with us, like, you're not going to lose the reward. So this is the same thing with, right. if you have salt in yourself, like you're forever, forever touched. Right. You're forever marked. You're part of the, part of the group. You are salty forever. You are salty. You will never lose and, your saltiness. Uh, and be at peace with one another. Yeah. Because if God is there and if we're paying attention, yeah. then that's, that's what comes of it. Very good. So. Very good. Well, I think, 
With that, uh, why don't we draw to a close this year podcast for September 26, 2021, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. If you want to know more about uh, some of these readings, I encourage you to uh, participate in worship with us. Uh, uh, Again, 8 and 10 in person on Sunday morning. The 10 o'clock service will be live broadcast on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos, uh, and live on in memoriam uh, thereafter. So uh, if, uh, if you're not able to join us uh, live and in person or live online. Um, feel free to, to check that out uh, sometime thereafter. It's available as soon as the service is over to uh, hop on and, and, and uh, worship with us any way you can. So, um, And like salt, it will never stop being. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, and, uh, and it, 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 we look forward to, like I said, worshiping with you any way that we can. And uh, uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I will still be Kathy, but I probably won't be here next week. <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. That's Another all right. time. The Another podcast, time. Yes. The podcast will uh, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.